0: BART's podcast series Hidden Track Stories from BART is back, just in time for National Transit Worker Appreciation Day. In our latest episode, we'll hear from John O'Connor, who is one of the 287 employees participating in BART's District Retirement Incentive Program as the agency cuts costs amid financial challenges brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic. O'Connor is a transportation supervisor who has spent a quarter century at BART and is probably best known for saving the life of a man who fell into the tracks at the Coliseum Station after a Raiders game by pulling him back to the platform just as an oncoming train was arriving. O'Connor talks about his difficult decision to retire, his fond memories at BART and the future of the agency as some of its most experienced employees depart. I'm now standing on the Coliseum platform with John O'Connor, a longtime employee of BART, Transportation Supervisor now. And John, you've been here for 25, more than 25 years, but you're one of the employees who took the retirement incentive. So you're going to be stepping away. You've really had an, an amazing career here at BART. What has it meant to you to be part of this agency for so long?
1: It's meant a lot. I mean, first and foremost, it was a blessing to get here. I was driving truck for 12 50 an hour until I got here. Um, so it's allowed me to raise three kids. And then, um, you know, when you say the longevity, I, there's nothing better than having a secure job and the ability to raise your family. Like I say, 25 years. When you say it, I, I think of the people that have been here almost 50 years, Linda Vasquez, Andy Williams, Steve Williams, and Don Orth, I mean, those, those people have been fixtures here, so I feel dwarfed by their, with my 25 compared to their almost 50.
0: Yeah, John, tell me a little bit about your journey in
1: getting to BART. How did you first arrive here, and and what was your first job? Uh, I started off as a train operator. My, my sister, my older sister had gotten a job here, and uh, her and my wife actually turned in my application for me, and, um, The day I was supposed to go test at Bicentennial Hall in Hayward was the day they had the asbestos spill on the Bay Bridge. So all the roads were jacked up. And I'm over at Sea's Candy delivering 50,000 pounds of sugar. And uh, I ended up driving that tanker truck up to Bicentennial Hall and parking it in the red zone and running down and barely getting in to be able to test. So after that, they were taking certain groups they sent me a letter that said, you know, hey, you are uh, you weren't in the first group, have a good life. A few months later, I got another letter that said, we've decided to take the next group down. Congratulations, you're in. Worked out super well because at that time, CNH Sugar was going on strike, and I told my boss to lay me off because I didn't want to deliver sugar while these guys were trying to stand for something, and lo and behold, here I am, I uh, started training operator class. I had orientation on October 16th, 1995, which Linda Vasquez actually did. And I was a train operator for 20 years, uh, ATU steward, um, you know, uh, I, I speak kind of freely, but it's because I care. Some people might've thought I was a troublemaker, but <laughs> in the name of safety, I've been in transportation for 32, 33 years all-inclusive of the truck driving and then this. So, I mean, I just can't say what a blessing Bart has been to me, though, and and the fact that I'm leaving a little early, leaving some money on the table just for quality of life. I'm 57. Um, I got three grandsons now, and I just want to kind of try to enjoy the rest of life.
0: Yeah, and we'll talk about the uh, district's retirement incentive program, but you mentioned transporting 50,000 pounds of sugar. You went from that to transporting what pre-pandemic was more than 400,000 people a day. Talk about the differences between those two jobs.
1: They're all safety oriented because you don't have rails in a big rig, but when you have, you know, 1500 people riding a 10 car train, going through the Transbay tube and knowing that you're the only guy that's going to get them out of there, obviously with the help of the uh, operations control center and, and other people that we, you know, we have plans that we use in those situations, but that's a lot of people to try to control and get out of there safely. So, you know, it, it's a big charge, you know, um, and then I guess with truck driving, you have people to pull out in front of you in trucks, but here with trains, we get people that jump in front of us and yeah. and, you know that's my my son had somebody jump in front of him so that that's a it's a heavy weight to carry you know um you're responsible for life and property in both situations they're different but they're parallel i I can only imagine i'm speaking with john
0: o'connor transportation supervisor at bart and it is all about those relationships and working together we were talking about teamwork do you think the bay area is aware of all the moving parts and all the people that go into helping this transit agency to operate
1: on a daily basis? No, I, I, I don't think they have a real idea that, you know, we do the best we can to keep it clean and safe. And, and, you know, we're only a bigger picture of the communities we serve. And, you know, when we have everybody that has all the rights that they have in the world today, you know, we have to work within that, that structure to try to keep everybody happy not offend anybody or 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 you know treat anybody wrongly so it, it it's difficult so you, you know you have the people in payroll you have the people bart police you have the supervisors the train operators the station aids their daily needs um the four workers everybody's everybody comes together and does the best they can here with what we have you, there's just it's such a deep, deep deep company and the young relatively when you think about it what they started in 1973 you know so it still evolving and and still trying to do the best they can with with what they have Yeah.
0: talk about that what kind of changes have you seen in your 25
1: years oh man well we've definitely become far more stringent on a lot of the safety rules you know, just different rules and, and regulations, just because as you, as you develop as a company, things don't happen. You can't foresee everything. So something happens. It creates a rule for the situation. Um, the heck The all the, all the extensions, uh, wow, Pittsburgh, I mean, they were building coma station when I started and, and it was always my goal to get out towards conquer because I live in Antioch and, uh, now to see where it is everywhere, you know, I mean, we're going to, here's the Berryessa train here, you know, you got Pittsburgh Bay Point, you got the airport in Millbrae, so to see it expanding is, is certainly different. It makes it uh, a lot harder to manage because there's more trackway, more people, more everything. Obviously, uh, COVID kind of put abrupt stop to, to a lot of stuff here. We were
0: talking about all of the experiences you've had. You've kind of seen it all, but I cannot imagine any year has been like what you've experienced in the last 12 months. Talk about what your job has been like as a transportation supervisor during this pandemic.
1: Wow, it's been, you know, it it added a whole different level of, of responsibilities, getting cleaning supplies out. Uh, you know, sterilized wipes. We started off with Lysol. Lysol ran out, getting masks, getting people to wear masks. Um, you know, there's a whole political issue on that, but, it, you know, I agree with the statement that, you know, if you ain't wearing it for yourself, at least wear it for the other people. Taking inventory, different responsibilities because of the drop in in, in ridership. Whew. It's a lot, you know, it's just a lot different. before that, we were dealing with a lot more passenger planes, a lot lot of other different issues, staffing issues, attendance, different things. Um, But then all of a sudden, nobody was riding. And so, you know, it's a challenge.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because the ridership remains low compared to where it was pre-pandemic. And yet the folks that are riding BART now, you have a mix of essential workers and a mix of folks who, in many cases, are riding BART because that's their only option. They, they rely on us. We're a lifeline for them. Does, it, does that remind you, does it, when you think about that sort of thing, does it re- kind of remind you of the importance of this job and what it really does mean to people in the Bay Area?
1: I, uh, it makes it very important, especially when you talk about people that can't afford to get where they're getting, trying to get to. You know, we try to provide an, an affordable, safe, timely fa- uh, transportation agency and without that, you know, where are those people going to be, you know? Um, so I think that's very important. I think uh, regardless of who it is, we all have an obligation to give people what they're paying for. You know, we're, I know we're publicly funded to a degree, but we do count on those fare gates as well. So. You know, it's a hard mix. We're, we're the ones that get the teachers, the nurses, even the students when school is in session to school. So um, it, it's really important that we make it as safe as we possibly can.
0: Speaking with John O'Connor, Transportation Supervisor at BART, we're at the Oakland Coliseum platform right now at the BART station. And, you know, it must have been, I can only imagine the decision that had to go into to, uh, agreeing to early retirement transit agencies across the country across the world are are facing similar challenges and that certainly gets to the bottom line for these agencies the finances and they're looking to cut costs so for bart there's the district retirement incentive program and it i mean you just consider how many long-time employees there are here at bart how difficult of a decision was that for you to decide to participate in this program
1: is very difficult i mean reality for me we say how long 25 years is when you calculate that into purrs i'm leaving money on the table um, more for quality of life but also with the idea of of making room for others Um, it, it was a hard decision because now you're on a limited income and That part was scary, not coming to work has always been a great idea. I never (laughs) wanted wanted to be here, but uh, yeah, I mean, I grew up poor, you know, Um, so I looked at the money that I'm getting there, looked at and and figured out that I could probably just, I can survive, because I'm easy. Give me a set of dominoes and a beer or something and some good company with some old music, and I'm fine. (laughs) Um, my wife's my wife said you know she looked at it she says if we can get that number we can make it work so I was hoping they was gonna they would have given us uh, like two years of service at my shift differential but you know that money there that they're giving us it, it helps it goes into the MPP it's the money I'll tap into to survive on moving forward eventually um, but I, I won't be I won't be destitute I don't think uh, like I say pretty easily entertained
0: that's a good thing in life but for bart i mean the job moves forward and that's a lot of experience walking out the door in all departments across the agency how big of a challenge do you think that's going to be for bart
1: i think that's going to be a a big challenge because bart uh, and i'm not saying it to be derogatory but they typically don't have People shadow each other. Um, I remember being on a train one morning we had a, a train control engineer working on a track circuit board and working with the operations control center and he was actually rebuilding that 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 board out there on mainline so that we could get service into the airport um, and I talked to the guy because I had met him a long time ago back in 97 and uh, he, um, he said, yeah, no, they're not having nobody work with me. So, so when I referenced like the as-built and the things, you have people that were here and have an idea of how to get things working in and, and, and a pinch. And they're all going to be going, and hopefully not all of them will be taking that information with them. Hopefully some people are getting shadowed and getting some of the history and tradition passed down to them. Um, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a challenge. It's gonna be a challenge. And
0: and the knowledge that you have isn't just even, I mean, obviously it's job experience, but you kind of know the ins and outs beyond just the ordinary rules like, you know, with our older trains, you guys know all the tricks, (laughs) you know, you have all the ins and outs, you know, every corner of these stations. Uh, that's really hard to pass down in a manual
1: or anything like that. When, when I got hired, you were a rookie for five years we got a lot of people that come in that act like they know everything and then they get a few bumps along the way and find out all of a sudden maybe they don't. Some people are more resilient and just keep that attitude. But at the end of the day, um, I, think, I think, like we said before, communication uh, amongst each other, your peers, your, sub- your, your subordinates, your unions, your, when you communicate and have a clear uh, vision of where you're going, what you should be doing, uh, I think it helps. Uh, I always reference, you know, when I was a steward. If I saw somebody doing something wrong, I'd let them know. Hey man, I'm not your boss, but you know what you represent us all, and uh, that's going to be hard to defend. You know, um, one thing I certainly advocated for was, you know, be a union professional. And so hopefully they can maintain that level of, of self policing without incident. Right, you don't need people fighting and arguing about it, but uh, take some pride in the fact that, you know, you here you you serve the greater good for the public for BART. That's your job. Um, You know, make yourself necessary, you know. Speaking with John O'Connor, Transportation Supervisor
0: for BART. We are at the Coliseum Station on the platform of the station. And John, this has got to bring back, certainly memories for you. The work that BART frontline workers do literally saves lives and that was the case for you after a Raiders game uh here at the Coliseum station tell us remind us what happened
1: oh um that was uh that was down the way a little there um just doing crowd control as we always do for the events that hopefully come back at least we know the A's will be back uh just doing crowd control uh keeping people back they tend to bunch up young man uh Sean Jackson I'm friends with him on Facebook these days <laughs> uh stepping around me and misstep went into the trackway and uh I well the video speaks for itself I suppose um so you know and then there was the gentleman that tweeted it that made it all that that's what started the whole ride which I got to say was a great ride um the uh, Warriors, 49ers, Raiders, Cal, they uh, they, they, they uh, honored me at all, all the games, and, and I couldn't have been thankful enough. I think uh, I did the thing on ABC7 and got to meet Jerry Rice, <laughs> and then he remembered me at one of the games, so that was something. Um, yeah, uh, if it hadn't been caught on camera, it, it, just would have been a good drinking story.
0: Yeah, but let's be clear. I mean, that poor gentleman ended up in the trackway and you got him out of there right before the train came.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I did. Um, I'm not really prone to panic. (laughs) It was like, you know, Hey, I just looked at him and said, Hey, I can get him. So I did. Uh, you know, but you talk about everybody saving lives here at BART, and, and it, it reminds me, because of that, I was given a Good Samaritan Award by BART Police. And at that award ceremony, we had a station agent who had given mouth-to-mouth resuscitation to a passenger that needed it. We had three civilians who uh, witnessed people trying to steal cell phones from people, and they jumped on those guys and held them until BART Police could get there. Uh, so. I said it during all the interviews. We we do this on a daily basis. Whether it's, uh, you know, nowadays we're doing more mask stops, but whether it's somebody ODing, I mean, uh, I had heard a manager tell me about a story he had where, you know, they broke out the Narcan, saved the guy. There's the old people that, you know, need assistance i see train operators and agents assist with that via the radio there's the communication aspect i
0: I mean it really is a position where you can impact people's lives and there's nothing more basic than transportation and in fact it's transit workers appreciation day Uh, is it nice to see that sort of recognition where there's an actual day where people will take
1: time out and recognize the work that transit employees do Uh, Yeah, without a doubt, because um, having been the train operator and and been the victim of of the uh, person who was mad because the train was late or without regards to the reason why, to uh, the station agent, having witnessed station agents and been a victim of people um, yelling at you for no reason or because they don't have problems with their, they have problems with their ticket but don't want to listen to let you get it fixed. There's a lot of abuse that goes on throughout society, but particularly to the station agents and train operators and some of our system service workers. Um, yeah, the public can be brutal. So they, they definitely need to uh, get a little recognition. I, I think a little recognition helps everybody everywhere. What's your favorite part of your job? The people, the people, um, people I work with. Twenty-five years is a long time. Not as long as a fifty, <laughs> but you know what? Um, regardless of classification or job title, we got a lot of smart, great people that work here. Um, you know, I think I've only had bad experiences with maybe two people that I've worked with over the 25 years. Because when it all hits the fan, we, we jump in, we, we jump in together and we get it done. So, you know, I, I've got friends that I'll have for life for life here. Um, and, and a lot of people that that maybe won't interact so much. But when we see each other, we, you know, it, it was said, Bart's a big family and i don't care where you go you may see you're gonna see somebody at work for bart you may not even know it but once you find out there's that instant bond you know so yeah um, working with the people um making sure i think one of the most satisfying things is getting people what they need when they need it you know because it didn't always work that way so that was one of the main goals when i got promoted was you know, hey, my, my radio's broken, boom, I got it for you next day, you know, and I can't do that without the people in scheduling that, that, you know, so it's team effort, but it's just nice to be able to fix what I can within my limitations and make sure that I give everybody the equipment and, and attitude they need to succeed. You must take a, a lot of
0: pride in doing that work and knowing how many people it impacts. Yeah,
1: I care. Um, uh, I had a conversation with somebody uh, uh, and I said, look, man, you can say that you don't care what people think about you, but to me it's important because when the chips are down and you need somebody, if they care about you, they're going to do something for you. If they don't, then they won't. So putting effort into that kind of maintaining relationships my, my, my look I, I, I told you earlier I grew up poor so I grew up with a lot of self-conscious issues and so there's just certain things I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna always try to be as good as I can because I wasn't always so I'm always just gonna give it my best effort best care I'm gonna try to care and and so yeah um, maybe I've strayed too far but <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well you you got emotional when I asked you about your experiences here and just how special it is working with the team that you've been a part of. When you look back now that you're just days away from the end of your tenure at BART, what do you think you're going to remember?
1: Oh, what am I going to forget? You know, Um, I'm going to remember all the old old OG guys like Tony Hernandez, uh, big rook Larry Williams, uh, there's just a lot of people that, that that I've worked with over the years Charlie Walker, Don Sand, and you know, just a lot of great relationships. Willie Kreiner, the guy that taught me how to play golf, and I still play horribly. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I guess it's gonna be the people, uh, you know, it's just people, man, and stories, you know, because I mean. Some stories get told. The Coliseum incident got captured on film and went viral. Didn't tell you about the story a week later where the where the, uh, the uh, I forget what it is. Uh, schizophrenic. Ran into a schizophrenic lady getting off the train. She had no hands. So I helped her carry her bags down and then she told me she wanted help. So I took her downstairs called bar police. They came in and got her and got her the help she needed. So those are the things that that we do all the time. Those are stories we don't always tell. I mean, we tell them amongst each other, but there's there's a lot of people who have gone through a
0: lot. Well, John O'Connor, thank you so much for telling us your story. And even more importantly than that, thank you for all of your service. uh, 25 years at BART, that's that's an incredible legacy.
1: Well, thank you very much. Uh, It was my pleasure and, and BART was good to me. And thank you for listening
0: to Hidden Tracks, stories from BART. You can listen to our podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course at our website, BART.gov podcasts.